difficult time. It seems like the enemy is full on attack. Everywhere you turn, there's something that is being stirred up. There's somebody that's, you know, just everywhere you look. And um, the only hope we got, Christian, is to keep our eyes on the Lord. I know that it's so simple, but that is my message this morning. So turn to Micah. Turn to the book of Micah. Um, that's just my message this morning. That is all that is on my heart is that if we are not careful, um, we are going to get ourselves in position. We are going to be discouraged and we're going to grow weary, the Bible said, and faint in our mind. And so um, we have got to be careful. Second uh, Peter, we start in Second Peter chapter number one, and the title that I titled that chapter is, you know, I don't remember the exact alliteration to it, but remembering to be faithful, um, uh, you know, don't forget to be faithful, uh, fruitful uh, is the word that I use um, in the present, fruitful in the present, fruitfulness in the present. That is what I named it. And um, what he's talking about is during all this suffering that we're going to be going through. Uh, we got to remember to be fruitful. And so he goes talk and talks about how being fruitful and abounding in that knowledge and not just being hearers only is really what he's dealing with there. And uh, so this just thought came to my mind is I think there's a desire here this morning of Christian saved people with a desire to be fruitful in their life as a Christian. Is that a fair statement? Say amen to that. Now, we're not satisfied with probably the, our progress. I would say there's not many in here that are like, hey, I'm thrilled how good I'm doing. You know, none of us say that. But I think there's desires here among Christian people that have a desire not to quit. We don't want to quit, right? We don't want to give up. We don't want to shipwreck the faith. We want to be fruitful. I, I want my life to be a light and shining on to the... I want to, I want to help struggling souls, only like the song said. And uh, I, want, I think there's uh, many in here this morning that have a desire to be fruitful. And so he deals with that in the suffering. But I thought about this in our, in our desires and in our intentions. Uh, I've got sometimes some of the best intentions of the world that never come to pass. Um, but um, uh, anyhow, uh, we can, we can uh, in this time, um, the greatest danger to our fruitfulness, drying up and being unfruitful and being barren, um, is in a day when uh, men are and women, you know, when I say men, men, mankind uh, are failing us. And so um, this is what God dealt with uh, on my heart here. And the title of this message, and being this is twice in a row that I've given you a title to right now, uh, not just a Bible verse. And so thank the Lord for that. But uh, our title of this message, Woe is Me, okay, very simple. Uh, Micah has dealt with all the woes to everybody else, right? And if you'll find, so I went back in the Bible and looked at all the different times where he had men, and most uh, uh, men uh, saying the words, woe is me. And uh, we heard a great message, one of the best messages I've ever heard on, on Isaiah. And I saw the Lord when I played it here on our online service by Brother Jeff Lemons, my pastor. And he dealt with, uh, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the heaven uh, and uh, dealt with that. Woe is me, for I am undone. And he talks about dwelling amongst a people with unclean lips. And uh, so, uh, woe is me. And there's, there's just a few times that's mentioned. I'm going to start here in Micah chapter number 7, deal with some of this and finish up in this chapter. 
chapter and look at Isaiah, Jeremiah, and David uh, also dealing with that same thing. And there's a common theme surrounding when these men come to a place in their life where they say, woe is me. Something always, and, and what I went through these chapters and tried to find something in each one of these chapters of some common ground. Now, the only one that's a little bit different, but it really is not, is there in Isaiah 6. And uh, because when he saw the Lord, he said, woe is me. But if you remember in the same breath, I don't know if this is in order of what happened, but he said, I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. And so there's a common theme with what happens when a man comes to a place where he says, woe is me. And the common thing that happened in each one of these times is they were, the, the situation before and after, their minds, their thoughts are dominated with what everybody else is doing. And they get their eyes off of the Lord and they get overcome with the fact of their surroundings and the failures of everybody else. And then they, and how they get right, and I'm preaching way ahead of my message, but that, that's, that's all right. Um, what they do each and every time you follow these, they see everybody else. So and so's failing, so and so's failing. All these other people. Uh, uh, um, does anybody just have the feeling sometimes, I just can't stand people? Somebody say amen to that. You get discouraged at everybody else. Well, this one's not doing this, and this one's not meeting up, and that one's not meeting up. And you see all these failures everywhere else, and you get discouraged. And, and that's not the Lord's intent. was not for Micah to see everything he had uh, opened his eyes to see and examine. The failures of the world and the people and all of that was not so that you would get discouraged by that. Because there's one, what he's trying to get us to see is there's one who's not failing anybody. He never has, right? And so when you get your eyes on the Lord, so we're going to start there. And what you'll notice, it's the same way back. When, 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 he gets, when, when each one of these men get right with God, it's the same procedure getting back. They got their eyes off the Lord and they concentrated too long on what everybody else is doing. And what caused them to happen is self-reflect. I'm no better than any of the rest of them, Right? And then they get their eyes on the Lord. Oh God, I'm a mess. They're a mess. The only hope we got is for you to help us. Right? And so I don't know if people are discouraging you this morning. Uh, and maybe you're discouraged with family, friends. And he goes through a list here. And we'll look at those just starting out here in verse number 1 of Micah chapter number 7. The word of the Lord that came to Micah. Uh, the Morsthite in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, uh, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Hear all ye people, uh, hearken, uh, o, uh, o earth, and all that there is in Let the Lord be a witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. For behold, the Lord cometh forth. <coughs> Boy, I'm having a hard time with this this morning. And the mountains shall be molten under him, and the valleys shall be cleft and the wax before him, and as the waters that are poured down a deep place, for the transgression of Jacob, um, <coughs> I'm sorry, please give me, I, I was going to go to somewhere, I was going somewhere else, uh, and I have totally misled you uh, this morning, and uh, I was going to uh, verse, number, uh, verse number seven of chapter number one, I'm in Micah chapter number seven. 
I'm sitting there thinking, I've not read any of this last night. What in the world is going on? I was thinking of chapter 1, verse 7, because that's where we're going to get to. That's where the good stuff starts coming in. All right, so let's start in chapter 7. Get the preacher right. Chapter 7, the book of Micah. Woe is me. So he starts out in the very first part of this entire chapter as he do, he's going through six chapters and dealing with all that's going on around him and he's about to do the same thing but he's come to a place where he says, woe is me. Now this is the first one and we're going to go to the next ones but there's some things we need to see about this one that's going to happen and I don't want to spend too much time in all that he's seeing because it's the same thing all of us are seeing. Am I right? When we look out in the world. And so I'm going to give you just a quick couple of thoughts here uh, in, in these verses, and then we're going to move on to these other verses so that uh, the Lord can help us see uh, what he wants us to see. So uh, Micah, uh, verse number one, he talks about uh, the woe is me. I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits as the grape gleanings of the vintage. Uh, there is no cluster to eat, and my soul desired the first stripe fruit. So uh, look with me again so you, you can see and follow my line of thinking uh, and all that he is dealing with here. He says, woe is me, for I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits, as the grape gleanings of the vintage. They're talking about the time, Right? It's talking about the, the early first ripenings that occur in uh, about June, uh, those first uh, uh, um, uh, of the grapes that first come out, they're tender, they're sweet, they're the choicest. And there's several in Hosea and other places where the Bible talks about how the first, the, the first stripes, the first uh, part of those gleanings that first come to ripen are the best ones. They're the choicest grapes. And, and, and so what he's saying here, I am as they, my soul desired in my heart. Uh, I was like, he's not the one that's harvesting, uh, but can I say, he says, I am as they that have already, uh, uh, I'm ready to harvest. I'm wanting to um, follow the line of thinking here. I'm warning, he's not talking about his own fruit. I don't believe that's what he's saying here. He's saying, woe is me, and I believe he is also saying that I'm barren. There is no cluster to eat because he's in the same, he's in the same group as this other lot. But what he's saying is when he, when he wants to uh, draw upon the strength of others, right? When, 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 I, when I look out and I, I'm wanting to, uh, uh, many of us do this there, uh, um, I, I, at any time in, in the church, uh, what is more encouraging than to see somebody uh, do something nice for somebody else? That encourages me. Just uh, just sit back and watch somebody uh, do something and they, they go and they uh, uh, make a meal for somebody that's sick or uh, just watching uh, um, uh, God uh, and, and fruit come out in other people. Does that not help you? Does it help you when God stirs somebody else up and they, and like Miss Barbara, boy, I thank God God saved me. Hey, it helps me. And he's come to a place where it's just, woe is me. Every time I turn on Fox News, uh, <laughs> he's not watching Fox News, okay? He's not watching CNN either. He's not watching the news. But you understand what's being said here. He basically knows everything. God's letting him see everything. And it's discouraging at all that's going on around you. How many, you can't even turn on the news. It's hard to even hear something good going on in churches anymore. It's a discouraging day to live in. If you're looking to draw strength from somebody else, you're looking in the wrong place, my friend. They're going to let you down, right? 
And that's what he's saying. He said, I've come to that place where I'm wanting to to see some fruit in other people. I'm wanting to see God move and stir your heart up. And and you get up there with a song in your heart and sing. And God blesses it. And it helps me. I, I need some help. And I'm looking around. And this is the reality of what I see. And it's certainly not fruit. Right? So he gets discouraged. Why? Because he's got his eyes off the Lord and he's for chapter after chapter he's seeing the failures in everybody else. He's got his eyes on people. And I, I know this seems to be a recurring thing to me, but in these days, as it's so discouraging to watch people quit, to watch people fall in sin, uh, I mean, people just generally can't even be good to each other anymore. It's discouraging. I mean, I at least pretend to be a Christian and try to be nice to somebody. Used to, people could at least fake it. (laughs) They don't anymore. And so he starts saying some things here, and he looks in some various places, and he tries to find something good, and he's trying to find some fruit of which he can draw some strength from and be satisfied with. And what he finds is there's no cluster, there's nothing. When he, when he looks to other people, I'm, please don't say, I'm not saying, I'm saying, I'm saying this about myself. I'm saying that if you're not careful, you will come to a place where you start leaning on other people. And what you're going to find out is those people are just in bad a shape as you are. And you're no better than them is the next conclusion you'll come to. And you'll be a lot better with others when you see yourself as you really are. It's hard to be other, hard on other people when you see the truth and the reality about what your heart's really like. Right? And what he comes to find out is he goes down through and he says, this one's bad, this one's bad, this one's bad, this one's rotten, this one's corrupt. There's no fruit anyway. And you know what? I'm barren. It started out with the problem. He admits he has a problem. On down into the chapter, he admits that he sins. And when God, when I get right with God, so he admits there's something wrong. I'm going to tell you what I think he's admitting that he's done wrong. He got his eyes off of God and started looking at everybody else. Doesn't seem like it's paying off serving God. You know what he talks about at the end of this? He starts saying, there's somebody, there's some voice telling him, where is the Lord thy God? Where is he? You've given everything up to serve him. You've been faithful. You've tried to give your money, your time, yourself, and it doesn't seem like nobody else is paying it. Nobody else is really bearing much fruit. It's discouraging. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. Is that, has, has anybody ever been told that? There's a voice that's telling him, where's God? Right? This one you've sold out to. This one that you, that you give to. This one that you've forsaken yourself for. This one that you've uh, that given so much of your life to. And, and, and it's been a failure. I'm not trying to build it up in, in, in a greater extent than it is. Uh, but a lot of us have given up a portion of our life to try to serve God the best we can. And it seems like there's a voice now that's saying, where's the payoff? There's a voice saying, well, look, it doesn't look, if you're so right, why isn't there more people? If you're so right, why, why are they prospering and you're not? Why is this going good for them and it's going bad for you? And, and this makes you start questioning. Somebody's saying to you, there's a voice whispering to you, where is the Lord thy God? And that's what's happening here. So look in the first verse. Don't go to chapter 1. Chapter 7, verse 1. And here's what he does. Woe is me. I'm looking for these grapes. Now look at verse number two. And the first thing that he sees, he starts, when he starts looking, he sees the, the failures uh, in the fallen world. 
So that's where we start out with in verse number two. Is anybody tired? Does, is there a single person in Washington that has an ounce of character besides maybe Pence? I mean, you, everybody's got an agenda to try to tear somebody down, to try to hurt somebody. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I get tired of hearing Trump run his mouth about Sleepy Joe and all this bunch of junk. Would you please stop and just, just lay out the truth and the reality and just stop with all the name calling and all the tearing down? Is, is there just anybody that's got any? And he, wants, he says, when you look to the fallen world, somebody's mad I said something about Trump. Now, don't get mad at that. I'm voting for him. Amen. Thank you. But am I right, though? I mean, it's like, it's like, I get tired. It's like watching two children. I've got a four and a five-year-old that treat each other better than that. God ain't in that. Now, it cracks me up. I love it when he says it. My flesh loves it. I laugh. He'll go on with something about crazy Nancy and all that stuff, and it tickles me to death. I'm going to be honest with you as a man. But as a Christian, you're kind of like, good night. You know, I'd like to turn on the TV and see something positive. So somebody, uh, you know, somebody's uh, done something great and somebody's fed somebody or somebody's given somebody, paid their debt or somebody's, I, just, I don't know. You just, you just want to see something. You young people, uh, you, you go to school and wouldn't it be nice to go to school and just have somebody say one thing positive about you? <laughs> wouldn't it be nice to just, to just go in and, and instead of making fun of how you're dressed or making fun of your hair or making fun of how you believe or making fun, wouldn't it be nice to just come in and somebody say, hey, I appreciate you being here. Hey, I felt that way at church sometimes, haven't you? And he's looking to the world. He's look, he, he, he sees the failures in the fallen world. And, 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 and uh, so if we're not careful, it's so easy to get discouraged by looking around at the wrong things. So we're looking to the world. You're not going to find no hope and encouragement out there in a fallen group of people. But it's discouraging, is it not, to live in a country where there's two groups and at any moment something's going to explode and somebody's going to kill somebody. The violent, the tension, the everybody hates everybody. If you don't believe exactly like me, if you don't believe, there's no fellowship, there's no getting together, there's no, everybody's just polar opposite ends and at any moment they're ready to kill each other. Now I'm going to tell you when that moment is, when the restraining influence of the Spirit of God's removing this world, you've never seen violence like you're about to see it. I don't want to be around for that, do you? And as a man, I like violence a little bit. But I'm not man enough for what's about to come. The restraining influence, what, the only thing that's keeping men from absolute war breaking out and hell upon earth is the spirit of Almighty God. But you look to the world and that's all that you see. Everybody's mistreating everybody. Look at what he says he sees about them. They don't even pretend. The good man's perished out of the earth. Where's the good man at? You know, where's your... Where's your founding fathers that's got some character? They, uh, I'm not trying to get political, but I'm just talking about in the fallen world. I mean, even in our country among lost people, used to, a man's word was his bond. A lost man could tell you something and you could count on it. People had some integrity, some character. Just naturally out in the world, I don't expect people to treat us the way that they do, but it's unreal how bad they hate you. It's an essential right. How dare you even speak? It used to be something politicians avoided. Now they run on as a platform that it's an essential right for you to have the option to murder somebody in your belly. 
The only right you had was to not lay down and get pregnant to begin with. Right? But they, they promote it. It's wonderful. It's an essential right to choose. You had a choice. You should have made it a long time ago. Right? You don't get to choose to kill somebody else because it's been inconvenient for them to be around. Let's go to all the nursing homes and kill all the old people because they're a drain on our tax dollars. That's ridiculous. Right? It's not sentience. It's not uh, awareness. It's not the feeling of pain. It's the life of God being breathed into the nostrils of a person. God is life. Right? <laughs> it's not conception. It's not any way else. God gave life to them, and it's not all right to choose it. But now they run on as a platform. It's wonderful. There's no lie they won't tell to win. Right? This is what's going on in our country. I see it on the other side. You get so-called conservatives filled with Roman Catholicism. They're no more conservative. They want just as much power as the other crew wants power. Right? In some ways, they may be more dangerous. It's crazy. When you look to the world, it's discouraging. These boys play ball. And... Uh, I've had my young people, has anybody had their children get discouraged at church? They just feel like nobody even encourages them. They notice when, when stuff's wrong, but nobody says anything good. Has anybody's child ever dealt with, you had to deal with that? I've dealt with it myself. And my kids have done that. And you know what they've learned as they've gone out into the world? The world's worse. You're not going to get no encouragement out there. If you're listening to a voice that's telling you the church is too hard on you, people's too hard on you, the preacher preaching all that stuff, and all that, and, and, and when you get out here in the world, people treat each other right, you've lost your mind. It's ten times worse out there. They're cruel, they're mean, they'll mistreat you. And I was sitting at that ball game the other night, and the boys was playing, and I thought, man, there's not one person that I've seen that offers an encouraging word to anybody. Is anybody friendly around here? Right. I mean, you just, the world's just as bad. And what happened when he got to looking at the fallen world and he was expecting fruit? He was looking in the wrong place. Right? It does draw strength to, to, to see others living for God and to see God move in your life. Uh, but that's not what's sustaining me to live for Jesus. And if you quit by the grace of God, I'm going to try my best to keep going. Right? And that's the attitude we got to have. But, but he sees it in the fallen world. He sees how they're pretending. Look how they, there's none upright among men. They lie and wait for blood. They hunt every man his brother with a net. They're not looking, trying to do good for anybody. They're trying to find a way to get you. This is what he sees out in the world. We had Proverbs 1 in Sunday school. They're laying out a net. They're not, even, they're not even ashamed of it. They're laying it out in the open. Proverbs said, uh, that's, that's useless, basically. Is that not what he said? For To lay out a, bird, a net for a bird in broad daylight where he can see you, he'd have to be an idiot to fly into the thing. In vain is the net spread. Well, that used to be done in the dark. It's just practice wide open in the open anymore. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you are old enough to remember that people didn't used to act the way they're acting. Even lost people. I'm old enough to know that. 
And he said, look, when I look out into the world, there's no encouragement there. Everybody's negative. Everybody's down. Everybody's wicked. And, and, and it's not just an accident. They're setting out to do it. Look at what he notices about them. They, 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 they wait. The upright's gone. They hunt every man his brother with a net. And that they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince at this and the judge asketh for a reward. And the great man, the prince, verse number three, he uttereth his mischievous desires, so they wrap it up. What's going on in verse number three? You've got the rich and the powerful and, and those in society that are like that, and, and they, they can just buy their way to get what they want. That's what he's seeing in society. Does that sound like America? Right? They just pay off the judge. The judge, look, I'll rule in whatever favor you want to if you pay me enough. Right? You got some preachers that don't preach, preach on certain things if you'll give enough. It's like I'll become crooked. That's what he's saying. He's saying, look, I look out in the world and you can't even find judgment where you're supposed to find judgment. You've got a lady that's coming to be appointed upon the Supreme Court who's not being there to push her religious views. She's there to interpret the Constitution as written. That's all she's there. How she would decide on the case makes no difference. She's to interpret the word as is originally written, right? And they hate her guts. They're going to find anything they can use to try to destroy that woman. That's the world. If you're looking out there to get encouraged, the best thing you can do is turn the TV off. It's discouraging. I like to stay up with what current news are, but you're going to get discouraged. You're going to be taken out of the fight if you continue to look at the world and get discouraged by the world. The world is going exactly the way God said it was going to go. For the time shall come. Right? And it's here. And so he looks to the fallen. He gets discouraged when he looks at the lost world. Look at how they're acting and all of that. This is, this is right in how I feel these days. I don't know about you, but it's everywhere you turn there's something like this going on. I understand lost people doing lost things, but man, now it's like, it's like things have advanced a level. Would you say amen to that? It's not a shame anymore. It's a wonderful thing to do. It's a, I mean, things have advanced to a new level now. It, it used to, there was enough of the right uh, of justice and judgment and equity to keep at bay the wickedness that was going on in the nation. That table has turned. It's not so anymore. Uh, the, the, the great men, the mighty men, they, they've been taken from out the earth. Where's our Dr. Seitlers? Who's replaced Sammy Allen in the church? Am I right? Where, where's the Dr. Seitlers? Where are these great men? Where's Berman Cake, Brother Ed Blue? Where are these men at preaching? And now most of them you look at, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know which team they play for. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Where they're flipped up, gelled hair and skinny jeans and skinny suits? I don't know what side they're on. Some people don't like that. I'll be honest with you, it worries me. If it quacks like a duck and it waddles, amen, scares me to death. He said, I look out in the world, I look into the fallen, I'm getting discouraged, and God's let him see all these things, and if we're not careful, God lets us see these things, but not so that we'll quit, not so that we'll get discouraged. Stay encouraged. Stay, encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't look to the world. Young people, you are not going to find what you think you're going to find when you get out there. 
There is a voice telling you, if I can get out from the law of my mother and out from under the instruction of my father, I can be free. You're going to wish you were back there one day. That's not true. You're not going to be free when you get out. It's not bondage to not sin and listen to preaching and sing and worship Jesus. If that's bondage, you're not even saved. That's not bondage. That's, he's called us in this glorious liberty. <laughs> it's a privilege, a liberty to get to worship God. It's not bondage. I wish I could do better at it. He's... He's discouraged with the fallen. But it doesn't stop there. Young people, you know, I'm against this. Now, I think a lot of our young people are too soft. You need to toughen up. People love you. And quit carrying your feelings around on your shoulder. Somebody in this world is going to knock them off whether they're in here or they're out there. Toughen up a little bit. But at the same breath, I want to say this, out in the world, though we, I went through this and a lot of us went through bullying and went through, there are people, young people that are killing themselves because of how they're being mistreated out in the world. There are young people being bullied for what they are, how they look, how they dress. You young ladies feel such a pressure and an obligation to be formed in a certain manner, to weigh a certain amount, to look a certain way, to have the curly hair or straight hair or blonde hair or black hair, and you're just, you feel constantly constrained, and it's never good enough no matter which side you take. <laughs> and it gets discouraging. And that's one thing when it happens out there, right? That's discouraging, but you kind of should expect it. That's what lost people do. But it don't stop there. It don't stop at the fallen. So he goes on. He talks about the fallen world, the great man's presence from the earth, the good man, rather, excuse me, in verse number three, he talks about uh, the prince asking, there's no judgment in the, in the world anymore. Uh, there's no uh, justice and judgment. Look at verse number four. He said, the best of them is as a briar, the most upright is sharper than a thorn hedge. <laughs> the, the most upright man you can find is still dangerous and he will hurt you. He's a man. Get your confidence out of people. Quit, quit drawing all your spiritual strength from people. Quit get, you're getting discouraged because you're looking around to everybody else. You're getting discouraged. It's discouraging to see everybody else fail, right? Now, I'm going somewhere. So he gets discouraged when he looks at the fallen. He's going to look at his family. He's going to look at friends. And he even looks at the fellowship. Look at verse number. Yeah, he talks about the, the day of the watchman. The visitation is coming. Now the perplexity. This was prophesied that it was going to happen. And it's now come when the watchman prophesied. But look now at verse number five. And not only does he find it in the fallen, he finds, it, he finds these failures and these discouragements, he finds them in friends. People that are supposed to be your friend. Of all the people in the world, it's one thing when you go out in the world and the world treats you that way, but it's another thing when your friends do you that way. That's discouraging, is it not? Man, I thought they loved me. I've been good to them. Can I read you what Psalm said? Uh, if I put it in here, uh, you'll have to forgive me. I got it in here somewhere. Uh, 
But he said it, 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 was, it, was, uh, it, it was one thing if it had been my enemy. Uh, but, but he said this. He said, it was my, my familiar friends. You remember that? He said, mine equal. Mine guide has done this to me. It's one thing if the world had forsaken you. It's one thing for the world to mistreat you. But now in people that you're so-called friends with, they're mistreating you. They're falling. They're quitting on God. Right? Young people, it's one thing to see it out in the world, but you shouldn't expect to have it in here. You're supposed to be friends with each other. And you see it in here. You, you, you even come in here and you, find, uh, you think people are going to be good to you. They think be, and they just mistreat you, purposefully avoid you and talk bad about you. That's your own friends doing that. That's discouraging. Hey, you've never lived till you've had somebody you love a whole lot betray you. Boy, what a joy. That's a lie. I'm completely lying about that. It hurts, doesn't it? So he looks out at the fallen. He gets discouragement out there. He even looks to his own friends. He says, well, okay, the world treats me that way, but thank God I've at least got so-and-so. They're my friend. You know what you're going to find out? They're probably going to fail you too. Right? Now, I know I've said this a lot, but I see it happening more and more as you go on. Isn't that right, young ladies? I mean, you're supposed to be your friend. And when your friend does you wrong, it hurts, doesn't it? I thought we were friends. What happened? What did I do that caused you to turn on me so quick? I'm always amazed by that. Is anybody else amazed by that? How quick? How did I go from the greatest thing since sliced bread to you hate my guts? What in the world did I do? Right? Well, maybe you didn't do anything. Maybe there's a greater enemy at work. Right? And you'll start to understand that when you see yourself because you've probably done other people that way. So anyway, he looks to the fallen. He looks amongst his friends and it's discouraging. He's not getting much encouragement there. How, how many of you uh, just in a, a text in the week, I'm not, even, I'm not talking about church yet because he's going to deal with the fellowship. I'm talking about friends. I'm just talking about friends you have. How many of those give you a call and say, hey, I just want to encourage you, appreciate you, love you, have anything good to say? <laughs> People just don't these days. There's so much negative going on. It's just, you just don't get much. You better learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. You're not going to make it. Young people, I'm telling you, it's only going to get worse. These days are only going to get worse. And when you're looking to everybody else, you're gonna, I'm telling you, you're going you're to come up short. You're going to shipwreck of the faith. People will fail you time and time again. And you know what you got to do is just forgive them and love them because you're just as bad off as they are. Right? That's what he's going to learn about himself. I got to move quick. So he looks at his friend, he looks at it in the fallen, he looks at it uh, and he sees discouragement even amongst his friends. And that's enough. He said, look, trust not your friend. Look at what he said in verse number five. Trust ye not in a friend. Is it not better? Uh, vain is the help of man. For it's better to trust the Lord than to put your hope and trust in men. The song said that twice. You can count on God. You can't count on people. They're just going to fail you because they're people. Well, I'm getting discouraged, brother. I, I tell you, a lot of other people aren't going to, they're not faithful. So, I, I mean, I don't think it's bad. I, I don't miss as much as so-and-so. So, -and -so, uh, so I'm, it's not going to hurt me to miss a couple times. Well, it may and it may not. I don't know. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare myself among others, right? Don't compare yourself to them. I don't know what's going on in their life, what all they're having to deal with, right? <laughs> that don't make us better than anybody just because we show up here either, does it? 
I know some pretty crooked people that show up at churches on a Sunday. Can somebody nod your head? I got a, ne- a head nod somewhere in there. You know what I'm talking about. You might be on the pew with one. Caleb's a good kid. I knock on her all the time. I just love it. So he looks at it in the fallen. He gets discouraged. He looks amongst his friends because you think, look, isn't that what Job did? Three friends, great friends they have. Job, you're just out of the will of God. You're a sinner. You're messed up. <laughs> Thanks, guys. What great friends you are. Not a lot of encouragement there. Now look at what happens next. We got to go quickly. We're about done. Look, he said, verse number, uh, uh, verse number uh, uh, five, but, but, um, uh, and this is where it deals with the fellowship. And I don't want to go to that psalm. I don't have enough time. But you're not in confidence in a guy. Trust you not in a friend, but you're not in confidence, uh, put you not confidence in, in, uh, in a God. Now, that word God there, and the why I use this word fellowship. So he dealt with the following, deals with friends, and now he deals with fellowship because that's the word that David used in talking about, uh, you know, my own familiar, uh, one equal to me. And he uses this word guide. He said, we went into the house of the Lord together. He saw, this is talking about the fellowship. How many of you, even preachers have completely crushed your hopes? You're, 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 they, you, 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 man, you had so much confidence in them. And then, and then all of a sudden they completely shipwrecked. And you wonder if anything they had to say was real. Why have I ever listened to your preaching because of what you did? Has anybody ever felt that way over a preacher? So he's discouraged in the fellowship. I mean, there's not a lot of encouragement. People in the church will let you know when you do wrong, but how many of you on a pretty consistent basis make it a point to try to be an encouragement to somebody else? Right? You don't get a lot of it. Now, don't look at me like I'm stupid. You know what I'm talking about. I've been in independent fundamental Baptist church long enough to know how it goes. There's just not a lot of encouragement. And that doesn't excuse anybody's behavior, uh, but uh, uh, we got to do all that we can to encourage one another. You will find more than you'll find out there, I can guarantee you that. But what he's talking about here, he's come to a place where he has just been dissatisfied with everybody in the fellowship, the fallen world, and even his friends, and he's left barren and dry. Don't dry up. Uh, uh, don't, dry, don't let your fruits dry up because of what you're seeing everybody else do. Right? That'll, that'll stunt your growth. You're not going to bear fruit when you start looking at everybody else and say, well, they're not bearing any. Get your eyes off of people. Right? So he sees it, the father sees it as friends. He sees it uh, in, in, in his fellowship. But it's worse than that. It's so bad that the Bible said it's even in his family. He's not even getting discouraged. He's not even getting encouragement in his own family. Is that not what the, look, read the next verse. Trust you not in a friend. And, and he talks about his guide here. Don't put any confidence in him. Keep the doors of thy mouth. And he begins in the end of verse, from her that lies in thy bosom. Be careful about how much you even say to your wife. That's what he's saying. Now don't you women look at me like that. Men, we got to be careful about how much. And she may not need to know all that you know about everybody. You just might even discourage her. Right? But here's what, here's what Ecclesiastes, I think, said about it. I think it's in Ecclesiastes. Don't quote me on that. 
But the Bible talks about not uh, uh, the same exact uh, situation, and it says, so don't uncover, don't, don't expose your thoughts uh, um, uh, uh, to uh, her that lies in your bosom, because a bird might hear it and go and tell the matter, right? You can't say anything. You, 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 let one, you say one little thing, and, it, and somebody will overhear that, take it out of context, and go tell somebody just to stir up trouble. You might even be married to a woman like that. Right? That's the reality of what he's saying. You can't even open your mouth and say anything. Somebody's going to take it. I mean, you can't even preach anything. Somebody's going to get mad and get the feelings hurt. Right? This is the world we live in. And now you can't even say anything. Somebody's going to go tell somebody. somebody I mean, you're walking on tiptoes afraid to say or do anything because somebody's going to try to use it to hurt you with it. Does anybody else ever feel that way? He's gotten discouraged because he's looking at, he's, he's consumed six chapters of the failures of everybody else. And he's come to the realization that he's just as bad off as they are. Right? Woe is me is what he said. Now we don't have time now because I spent too much time. But look at the next verse. For the son dishonored the father, the daughter rises up against the mother, the daughter-in-law I've never seen such family fights. Families can't even get along together. Does anybody ever remember family reunions when you used to get together with family? You can't even get first generations around. And one side of my family, the sisters can't even get together because they all hate each other. What in the world happened? (laughs) What's wrong with people? It's even in his family. You ought to be able to go home and get some encouragement from somebody in your family, shouldn't you? Now, this isn't across the board. You all know what I'm saying. But there comes a time in your life where, especially you young people, you're going to have to come to the place in your life where you realize you cannot be satisfied by people in the world. What you're looking for can only be found in Jesus. That's my point this morning. You're going to be the one that people are looking at and getting discouraged themselves because you're no better than anybody else. Coming here doesn't make you any better, right? Doing certain things, wearing certain ways. I mean, we're all a mess without Jesus. Where would we be? And that's where he finally comes to. Every single time in these verses, we can't do that now. But let's read the rest, at least finish his portion of it. The son dishonoreth the father. Can I just stop real quick and tell you young men something? The devil wants to turn you on your dad. He, he don't mind. He lets you, Mama's kind of easy on you a little bit. And so maybe that, but he wants to turn you on your daddy. I wouldn't let him do it. Amen. And what's happening, the son's dishonoring the father. Look at what's happening in the families. Is this not happening everywhere you turn? Families hate each other. They're against each other. They're fighting. They're quarreling. They can't even get along inside their own family. The daughter-in-law is against her mother-in-law. Thank God for my mother-in-law in case she's listening. <laughs> A man's enemies are the men of his own house. So can I just say something? And I'm going to end with what happens. And I don't care if you look at Isaiah and chapter number 6, verse 5. Go on down to chapter 24. He gets discouraged again because of the treacherous dealers. He gets discouraged because of the unclean lips. But then in chapter number 25, he sees God. Micah does the same thing here. 
He says, I look around, I see the following, I see it in my family, I see it in my friends, I see it even in the fellowship, nothing but discouragement, nobody can get along, everybody's mad at each other, there's no unity in our churches hardly anymore. A lot of churches that just have no unity at all, COVID's destroyed some of that, but we let it, right? And so there's, there's just backbiting and fighting everywhere you turn, and I'm just satisfied. And it comes to a place, can I tell you something, something to you young people? Here's what, here's what happens to some of you. Can I, can I give you a little example, and then I'm going to let you go home? Here, here's what happened. Here's, here's how I mentally pictured this and the way some of us act. I, I had a conversation with a young person uh, not long ago, and they were, like, they were telling me how discouraged they felt because they felt like they weren't wanted anywhere they went. They didn't fit in anywhere. Nobody wanted them around was the words that they used. And I understand that. Can I tell you, I don't know, maybe, no, maybe, maybe you're just special. Maybe nobody does want you around. Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not saying that's the case. But can I just say this, though? Can I just say this, young people? You go in, I don't fit in here, and I don't fit in there. And it feels like everywhere I, everywhere I turn, it feels like I don't fit in. I feel like nobody wants me around. Can I say this? Have you ever thought that that's maybe how Jesus feels? Nobody wants me around. I feel like you're, you're over here pouting on this side. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants me around. Nobody's taking me in to be their friend. Everybody's mistreating me. The world mistreats me. The fellowship, the friends, my family. I'm just a man without a country, without a family. I'm all alone. And Jesus is over here going, hey, I want to spend time with you. I, I mean, hey, he died not just to rescue you from hell. He died that he might reconcile you to him and have fellowship one with another. He literally died so that he could make you his friend. For when we were enemies in our mind by wicked words, he had reconciled us. <laughs> you are an enemy of God. And, and, and Jesus is standing over here going, hey, I want to spend time with you. And you're over here going, man, nobody loves me. Nobody wants me. And Jesus is over here going, I died to spend the five minutes with you. I literally died on a cross and shed my blood to spend time with you. That's what happened. He didn't just want to forgive you of sins. Hallelujah for that. We had a bunch of them. But he wanted to spend time with every single one of you. So I don't fit in, nobody wants me around. There's somebody that does, I promise you that much. Oh, I don't fit in with this group and this one don't like me. And, oh, this one. I'm not making light of that. I know how the enemy uses that. But he says, where is the Lord thy God? I'll tell you where he is. He's over here going, hey, anytime you want to come to me, I'm available day or night. Anytime you want to pray, anytime you want to talk to me, anytime you need a friend that's sticking closer than a brother, anytime you need me, day or night, you call me. I say that, but there's a time I've missed a lot of y'all's phone calls, ain't there? I wish I could hold up to that truth, and then I'd turn around and forget to even call you back. God has never not picked up the phone when I've called him. He don't have to call me back. You're trying to be accepted and you're trying to fill that place in your life with people who can never fill it. That's my message. I could have said it in a lot shorter time than this. But Brother Pettacord, 13 years ago, I found a man who can. Fills every longing. 
every care, every desire. He's everything that everybody else can't be. <laughs> Boy, you young people, please don't get discouraged. All you church, all of you Christian, don't get discouraged. Don't get out of the fight because you're seeing the, the failures and the discouragements and all this stuff. Come get your eyes off of them. Consider yourself and then get your eyes back on the Lord. Because he's over here saying, hey, I'll spend time with you anytime you want to. And we're over here mad and discouraged because nobody wants to spend any time with us. And we've got somebody who literally died the cruelest death and did not have to so that he could spend time with you. That's the basis of our salvation. <laughs> I'm glad you're not going to hell. I, you say you're saved. I, 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 I don't know. That's not my business. I, I pray to God you are. I, I don't want to say. That's, that's not my place. You understand? I'm not casting down. Just, and I thank God for that. But that's not all he did. He saved you into the fellowship, into a relationship with him. And he wants to spend time with you. Now, some of you do this. I would never do this. It, it's even in your, even your family sometimes it seems like you're not wanted. Right? Can I please tell you there's, there's a man named Jesus. I promise you, you're wanted by somebody. Can we, oh man, we got to go. I've gone way too long. I haven't done this in a while. But my heart's just stirred this morning because I, when I look around, sure, I see failures. And, but that's not really where most of my problem lies. My, my problem lies when I get to the next step and I see myself. <laughs> for most of my problem is. And I see myself as bad off as I am. Can I say, get your eyes back on the Lord. You're not told to look at yourself. You're told to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. You are that joy for there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner. You're all that joy. Boy, I wish I could go on. Oh, I really wanted to read Jeremiah too. Man, Jeremiah does the same thing in, in chapter number four. He says, woe to me because of murders. Woe is me because of the pastors in chapter number 10. And then he sees himself, verse 24, and he's going down. And you get to chapter 17, he's talking to Barry. But in chapter 15, if you, if you just understand, when these people finally get to the place, this is what happens. Look at Micah, and let's go home. Uh, uh, because I'm trying to, let's see. Uh, Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. I may not find it in the fellowship, may not find it in the friends, may not find it in the world, may not find it in the family, I may not find it in the fallen and all that stuff, but I will look unto the Lord and I'll just wait on God because He's my salvation and I'll tell you, He will hear me. That'll encourage you this morning. Woe is me, poor pitiful me. I can't believe I'm in this situation. Look to Jesus and get your eyes over everything else. Look to the Lord, He's never going to fail you. Lord, thank you. We love you. Thank you for loving us. I just apologize, Lord, for the scattered message some this morning, but it's just what's on my heart this morning. It's just there's a lot of discouragement. Lord, you told us in 2 Timothy, you told us exactly how the last days were going to go in the perilous times. This has all been foretold and but it's made it no easier to deal with, Lord. We still get discouraged. You know what we're made of. 
We find discouragement just about everywhere, and we, we look for fruit. We want, we'd like to find something good to eat. And the prophet said there's no clusters, no grapes, to, no fruit anywhere else to glean from. But Lord, help us to remember to just to continue to look unto you, our refuge, our help, a very present, your very present help, Lord. And so thank you for your faithfulness to the people of God. I pray for anybody discouraged this morning that's on the verge of maybe quitting because of all they've seen. May they see Jesus and get their eyes on him. We love you. If there's any loss here this morning, deal with them. Help them to come into the saving knowledge of the truth and this relationship that we enjoy today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet. Thank you for being patient this morning. Stand to your feet. She's just going to play. My Brother Michael's going to sing a verse. If you need to come, just mind the Lord.